0: Welcome back to Mothering Earth, your home for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. The Texas Hill Country is an area near the center of the state known for its rolling hills and wide open spaces, beautiful spring-fed rivers and streams, clean air, and small towns representing a variety and a mix of cultures. It's also an area experiencing unprecedented growth as more and more people move here. This rapid growth threatens to overtake the area's natural resources, thereby damaging the very things that attract people to the area, like clean water, clean air, and those wide open spaces. A group called the Hill Country Alliance works on issues related to rapid growth and development. And in a conversation with their executive director, I learned again the value of people getting together to tackle big, seemingly insurmountable problems. No, they haven't solved everything, but they are working on it. I'm here with Catherine Romans, who's the executive director of the Hill Country Alliance in Central Texas. First, I'd like to welcome you to Mothering Earth And to begin, tell us something about the Hill Country Alliance and what it does. Thank you so much for having
1: me. It's a real uh, pleasure to get to have this conversation with you. Um, The Hill Country Alliance was started just about 12 years ago, um, and it was started by a group of neighbors that came together with real concerns about the growth and development that they were seeing just outside of Bee Cave, Texas, in Travis County, So that's just outside of Austin for those who might not know. And uh, from that initial living room conversation about growth and development and how we talk about protecting the character of the Hill Country really has grown uh, this region-wide nonprofit that works all across the 17 counties of the Hill Country from Austin down to San Antonio, all the way out west to Junction and Uvalde. And it's become an incredible family of uh, folks who are concerned with protecting not only the natural resources, but also the cultural resources, the heritage, the economies of uh, all parts of the Texas Hill Country.
0: So you kind of define the area, the broadly, the area that the Hill Country covers. Is that right? So it's
1: Absolutely. And when you talk to different folks, each one is going to have a different definition of what the hill country is. Uh, For some, it may extend up further north. For some, it may not include the cities of Austin and San Antonio. But when we think about the hill country, uh, we like to think of it in terms of the natural boundaries as opposed to the county lines and roadways uh, that are more uh, constructs as opposed to natural uh, boundaries. And so when you think about the aquifers, the rivers, the ecosystems. Really, the Hill Country um, is much bigger than the 17 counties, and it does include the cities of Austin and San Antonio that depend on the rural portions of the Hill Country for their clean air and clean drinking water.
0: Tell me about how you got started in this work?
1: I kind of stumbled into the Hill Country Alliance. It was a really uh, fortuitous and exciting opportunity for me. Uh, I started with the organization as a landowner outreach manager. And so I was working with landowners primarily in the Pertinalis Basin and I learned quickly that it's Perdinalis, not the <laughs> pedernalis <laughs> basin. <Right. laughs> uh, and I was um, helping to connect them with grant resources and technical expertise. Uh, to help landowners who are interested, you know, be good stewards of their land, finding ways uh, to help with financial resources to do things like brush control, uh, reseeding native grasses. We had some that were interested in fencing off riparian areas, that is their creeks or swimming holes, uh, so that they could better manage livestock access. So it was a great um, introduction to the wide range of issues facing uh, particularly rural landowners in the Hill Country.
0: So was that a job under the uh, umbrella of the Hill Country Alliance.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yep. It was a program manager role, and since I joined, uh, the organization has grown even further. Uh, so since I uh, took that initial initial position as a landowner manager or landowner outreach manager, uh, we've added several other uh, full time positions, and I have since stepped into this executive director role. When our founding executive director, Christy Muse who was for more than a decade really the life blood, the energy, the, uh, the dynamic personality of the Hill Country Alliance. When she moved on to a new opportunity, I stepped into her shoes. And so it's been a learning process ever since to try and fill those shoes.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a really big job, actually. A, I mean, you have so many areas that, you're, um, that you need, I guess, to be up on, is that right?
1: Absolutely. It is a big job, but um, it's made worthwhile and it's, um, it's made feasible and doable with the network of volunteers and passionate residents of the Hill Country that are really on the ground doing the legwork day to day. So it certainly doesn't all fall to my shoulders. We've got a phenomenal uh, board of directors that represents um, you know, dozens of hill country counties from east to west. We have a great diversity on our uh, issue teams. Those are volunteer-driven teams that work on things like how we protect our night skies or how we try to advance water policy that protects spring flow. Um, and we've also got a great network of on the ground volunteers that are willing to help out in um, planning events and partnering with us on various uh, projects. So the Hill Country is a big region, but it is full of very dedicated and passionate people.
0: You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Catherine Romans, Executive Director of the Hill Country Alliance. One thing I'd like to ask you about is what is unique about the Hill Country Alliance as opposed to other groups that kind of work in this area? So a recent study was done
1: with the help of the Hill Country Alliance that looked at the network of organizations working in the Hill Country. And they found that there are more than 150 groups and agencies working on land, water, and wildlife conservation across the region. So there's just a huge diversity of organizations working in this field. Uh, What I think sets the Hill Country Alliance apart is that um, we are one of the only organizations to cover uh, the broad range of issues facing the Hill Country from uh, land fragmentation and the loss of habitat to wildlife um, issues, to water quality and quantity issues uh, to uh, how we protect our communities and ensure the vibrancy of our rural towns. Um, We're also one of the only organizations that has a really regional focus. We cover the entire 17-county region of the Hill Country, and we depend heavily on our partners who are working at a smaller scale, maybe at focusing on just one watershed, um, and our partners who have a statewide or even national scale. So the Hill Country Alliance, I think, does a great job of balancing from uh, the growing from the very local scale all the way up to thinking about state-level policies.
0: Are there particular issues that are, you know, sort of your greatest challenges right now?
1: The Hill Country Alliance defines our main program areas in four different ways, four buckets. So we think first about uh, land issues. We're seeing incredible land fragmentation and land use change as more and more people move to our region. So that's a big challenge. How do we both um, permanently protect some of that land that we think is really um, invaluable? uh, And also, how do we help private landowners and being good stewards of their land? So that's the land component. The next is uh, equally important and intimately connected to land is water. Uh, Water is a huge challenge in Central Texas and throughout the American West. Um, How are we ensuring that we have enough water for all of these new residents that are moving to the region? How are we protecting water quality as we see more and more development, which means more and more impervious cover, that is the roadways, Mm. the rooftops, the parking lots that come with development. So that's a a big question at this point. Uh, Another one of our focal areas is on the night skies. So as more people move to the Hill Country, as we see more businesses and development, Inevitably, we see more outdoor lighting, and uh, we're having growing challenges with uh, outdoor lights that are impeding our view of the night skies. And there are lots of other uh, implications when we see things like light pollution and light glare at night. Uh, So that's a big issue that we focus on. And then finally, um, communities. The community program at the Hill Country Alliance focuses not just on cities and towns and counties, it focuses on the human resources that we have in this region. How can we bring people together um, to make sure that we're all working towards a vision that we really want to see for the region?
0: I'd love to now uh, sort of go deeper into each of those areas that you talked about. Um, so in our in our area I know as I look around drive around um, areas that were once open country are now covered with houses and then that's followed by you know the huge parking lots of the shopping centers and stores and so on Um, but what are some of the less uh, noticeable changes that are going on as a result of all of this
1: Absolutely. So we are anticipating fully doubling the population of the Hill Country in the next 35 years or so, so adding another 2 to 3 million additional people. And what we see uh, when we look across the Hill Country is that Growth and development, that uh, addition of population, is not going to happen in downtown San Antonio. It's not going to happen in downtown Austin. It's going to continue spreading out
0: into the more rural portions of the Hill Country. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here today with Catherine Romans, Executive Director of the Hill Country Alliance. Uh, And we were just talking about land stewardship Uh, I'd like to come back to this uh, but right now we're going to take a short break. We're back now. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Catherine Romans, Executive Director of the Hill Country Alliance. Uh, And we were talking about one of the areas that the Hill Country Alliance deals with, which is land.
1: So the Texas Land Trends Report is a report that comes out of Texas A&M, and they have found that Texas is losing agricultural working lands, that's ranch lands and wildlife lands, faster than any other state in the entire country. And that loss is happening when you see working farms and ranches being converted to subdivisions and more suburban development. So that has huge implications for our wildlife populations as we see more people moving to the region we're seeing huge increases in the value of land which means further stresses on those farms and ranches it becomes really hard to make a living on agricultural land when the value of land is going up so it's it's kind of a reinforcing loop where rising prices mean it's more desirable to subdivide your land which makes it easier to develop Um, so unfortunately we're seeing that playing out all over the hill country not just along the I-35 corridor where we're seeing most of the growth happening but as far away as Rial County and Kimball County where folks are looking for their uh, weekend getaway ranches they're looking for a family vacation home uh, that sort of thing so it's playing out all across the region
0: When we talk about land, uh, I think you mentioned this earlier, that there's two areas, land conservation and land stewardship, Mm -hmm. Um, and you're concerned about both. Can you talk about what those each are and why are they both important?
1: Absolutely. So it's not all bad when we think about lands. There are some really bright spots and really bright opportunities for individuals, uh, for governments, um, for conservation organizations to take advantage of. So in thinking about the fact that there may be lands that we just want to permanently protect, we want to say this land isn't suitable for development. Uh, We want to make sure that it stays in its natural state. In forever. Um, there are tools available, uh, things like conservation easements, uh, the purchase of development rights, which allows uh, landowners to maintain ownership of the land, um, but puts assurances that that land will never be developed. So we're seeing a real growth in the amount of uh, acres in the hill country that are being permanently protected in that way. There are some great examples of programs where cities or counties have invested um, money in doing this, um, and it provides a win-win for the landowner. Usually these landowners really want to make sure that the land remains in open space forever, and so Uh, They have the opportunity to either donate a conservation easement or, if there's a program available, uh, receive some funding for the purchase of those development rights. It's an all-voluntary program. There are more than 13 land trusts that are nonprofit organizations working throughout the Hill Country to help make these transactions possible. And so uh, we we see a lot of potential for that, but obviously we won't be able to buy or conserve right. our way out of this pr- problem. Um, and even the best conservation easement uh, needs to come with uh, some good land stewardship practices. And so. We're also excited about the uh, new and old state uh, programs and local programs that um, provide good resources for landowners to be good stewards of their land, uh, to manage their land for habitat, uh, for endangered species, for healthy watershed function, all of those good things that we really need to maintain.
0: And you just spoke about land conservation and stewardship. A uh, question I have is, how, do, how does what we do with our land or on the land impact water resources?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Uh, land and water everywhere, but particularly in the hill country, are intimately related. Um, and I always think about this. I think about the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. It's known as TALT, has a great slogan that says, no land, No water. So when you think about it, every raindrop that we receive in the Hill Country falls onto a piece of land or a piece of rooftop or development. And uh, ultimately, when we think about how important it is to have uh, recharge to our groundwater systems, to have water that's entering our creeks and streams and rivers uh, in a slow and sustained way, Managing the land is the best way to accomplish that. So when we have land that has good vegetation on it, we love to see native grasses. We love nice, dense vegetation along our creeks and rivers. That in that what's called the riparian zone. Uh, those simple things uh, can really make a huge difference in uh, recharging aquifers and preventing erosion into. Uh, our creeks and rivers. The hill country is notorious. We are uh, the land of extreme flooding and extreme drought. We like to say we have prolonged drought only interrupted by catastrophic flooding, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, So uh, what we do on the land can have uh, not only extreme impact right now, but long-term change. When we see just a little bit of erosion, it can have profound consequence for uh, the long-term health of our landscapes.
0: So what are some uh, sort of practical uh, advice, tips, that you could give our listeners in terms of maybe simple things in terms of land stewardship, of the land that they live on? Mm -hmm. What can they do? Absolutely.
1: Well, if you are a landowner that's lucky enough to have a creek or stream or river running through your property, I would say one of the first things that you can do is look to that riparian area. Um, Avoid the temptation to mow your grass all the way to the water um, because what is really needed there is some nice, tall, thick native vegetation to hold the soil in place, hold the bank in place in times of flooding, um, and really prolong the health of that, that stream. Um, if you are a landowner who maybe is in the upland areas there are some things that you can do um, to make sure that you're holding land on your water you know uh, when you're looking at doing brush control for example make sure that you're not um, you're not just cutting down and removing all of the brush that you're leaving some cover on the ground and even uh, enhancing reseeding by manually reseeding native grasses that is the ultimate goal of brush control is making sure that those native grasses come back Um, and then there are those of us who live in more urban areas and we too can have a real impact on our landscapes and the health of the water Um, you know making sure that we're not using too much fertilizer on our landscapes is a huge one non-point source pollution is what we call things that are running off of uh, yards and other yeah. landscapes and getting into our waterways, right. those can have real impacts. Uh, so there are lots of other you know, f- things that folks can think about, but ultimately we need to just realize that everything we do on the land will have consequences for our water quality.
0: So uh, I want to go back to something you said earlier about uh, brush control. Mm-hmm. So why is it that when you're cutting down brush that you would leave some on the ground, what, what was the pur- what's the purpose of that? Yeah,
1: it's important to when you th- are thinking about doing some brush control. Uh, Make sure that you're not cutting down brush on steep slopes and make sure that when you are cutting it down, you are creating good habitat structure for those native grasses to come back. So when you leave some um, brush on the ground, you can even um, line it up to follow the contours of your property. That helps trap soil and sediment, especially if we get a good hill country rainstorm. Um, And it also provides a protective framework. We've got tons of white-tailed deer and other browsing animals in the Hill Country. So having some brush on the ground can really make sure that your native grasses get uh, re-established successfully.
0: Another issue that the uh, Hill Country Alliance is very concerned about, obviously, is water. And you've talked about the interrelationship between the land and the water. Um, the availability of clean water is obviously something every single human being on Earth probably is concerned about because that's mm-hmm. so essential to life and because we have a limited supply. Um, so what are, what are some of the biggest challenges uh, in terms of water in this area in our area, the Hill Country area.
1: Absolutely. I think that water is the biggest challenge facing Central Texas with two to three million more people moving to this region. uh, We need to really come to grips with how we're going to provide water to all of those new residents. Unfortunately, they're not bringing water supply with them. Um, And I think a big, one of the biggest challenges when it comes to thinking about water is the fact that we get stuck in what's called the hydro illogical uh, cycle. That is, we think a lot and talk a lot about water resources when we're in drought. When it hasn't rained in six months and we're really looking at uh, dry creek beds and lowering water well levels, uh, it's on the top of everyone's mind. But as soon as we get a good, strong rainstorm uh, and our lakes go back up and our aquifer levels go back up, people tend to forget that water is such a a critical part of the fabric of the Hill Country. And so I think from the Hill Country Alliance's perspective, one of the biggest challenges is just raising awareness about what, uh, what sort of conversations we should be having about water and how we should be thinking about water as, the, as a limited resource uh, that we need to be using to its highest and best used, for sure.
0: So what are some of the, uh, I know you have particular events like the Rainwater Revival How how does the Alliance go about raising awareness? Absolutely. So the Rainwater Revival is a
1: great example. That is an annual event we do um, in the early parts of November. We've hosted it in Dripping Springs for the past few years. Uh, And this is an event where we talk about uh, opportunities to use water more wisely. So rainwater harvesting, for example, is a technology that goes all the way back to some of the very first humans. Um, And it's a technology that can be really, really well adapted for life in the hill country. Um, So we're seeing growing numbers of uh, homeowners and residents who are putting rainwater harvesting systems on their homes so that they can use rainwater that they've collected off of their own roof, not only on watering their landscapes, but also for all of their in-home use.
0: In our next program, we continue our conversation with Catherine Romans to talk about what the Hill Country Alliance and its many partner organizations are doing on water, on keeping our night skies dark and starry, and on preserving our small communities, and more importantly, what you can do to help. Until then, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth your home for sustainable living news. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.